All right, folks, welcome to the now 34th episode of the Waiting to Excel podcast with me, Darrell K. Douglas. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. You're like, nigga, where the fuck have you been? And I got the same questions for y'all. Yes, it's absolutely true. I um, took a four-year pause with the podcast. Look, that kind of rhymes. Pause with the podcast. And it was for no other reason other than, like, I think the last time I actually did a recording, I want to say I was living in Houston. Either I had just moved back to Houston from Seattle, Washington. Um, If you know me personally, you know I spent, like, two and a half years in Seattle and that was an experience within itself and then I ended up moving back to my hometown which is Houston Texas and I couldn't stay there too much longer I stayed there roughly I want to say it was like 2017 to 2020 so I stayed there for three years and then I decided to take another uh, leap of faith And I moved to Detroit, Michigan, which is where I am right now. I've been in Detroit this month, makes a full year. And I've been sort of thinking about whether or not I wanted to come back and have these one-way conversations that I call a podcast. Uh, One, it is sort of like therapy for me, Um, only there's no therapist sitting on the other end and number two you never know when someone who's out there can hear what you're talking about and either relate or laugh or think or elicit some kind of uh, reaction some type of positive reaction so i want to kind of bring y'all up to date so at the beginning of 2020 Um, actually a little bit before that, I had already dipped my foot into real estate investing. Um, in 2018, I did that up here in Detroit, but I did it from a distance. And so when 2020 rolled around, I was kind of sort of in this interesting limbo situation because, uh, you know, everything was sort of up in the air. And I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all out there can agree too. It's like, oh my God, like the world is ending. We're wearing these weird masks and sort of everything was like changing, right? So at the time I was living in this building, um, a residential building in Houston, which is like the worst possible place to be during a pandemic that could, you know, encourages social distancing. You're literally on top of each other and so i was living on the 19th floor of this building so that meant anytime that i wanted to go to the store anytime that i wanted to leave home i had to get on this death box uh aka an elevator and go down and walk through a lobby and blah 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 and at the same time like I was renting here, so like I, I was not buying this place. I was renting, and every reason that I had that made me want to live there had like gone away because of the pandemic. So, no longer could I really have guests over. No longer could I really um, use the different amenity areas that they had at this place. Like everything was shut out, and so I was like, "What am I doing?" It's like. Am I now paying to like live in a group home? Like it got so bad to where like I I was coming 
back from going out to eat with a friend. No, maybe it wasn't even out to eat. I forgot where we went because restaurants, I think, were closed at this point. This was in the beginning of the pandemic. And we're coming in through the lobby because we had Ubered there. And the guy at the front desk was like, oh, like, Mr. Douglas, he's going to have to sign in. And I kind of chuckled because I'm like, like, my guest has to, like, sign in. And it was true. So, like, he had to stop, wait in line, and sign in. And I was like, okay, it's time for me to do something different. And so I've been doing a whole lot of reading and a whole lot of listening to podcasts and a whole lot of thinking about what I wanted my next move to be. And um, unbeknownst to all the people around me, some people knew, some people didn't, a lot of people didn't, um, but some people did, that the move was going to be Detroit because, sure, cost of living is cheaper, sure, it's always good to do a Control-Alt-Delete with your life and sort of start fresh. I've done that a couple of times in different places and kind of mastered that, uh, but more so because like I was really ready to roll the dice and really lean into this real estate investing thing. So I moved here in 2020, 2020. <laughs> Interesting. There was a, there used to be a, there used to be a club in Houston called 2020, which is no longer exists. But yeah, 2020 was a, it was the year that I decided to move here to Detroit. It was much easier for me because I had, already done the move away from home thing so i have moved you know back in 2010 i moved from houston to austin which is maybe a two and a half hour drive away uh then i moved back no then i moved to dallas after that dallas was four hours away from home but i was still within driving distance of home i was still coming home for thanksgiving i was still coming home for birthdays and stuff like that but in 2015, when I decided to move to Seattle, uh, that was the first time that I would say that I really, really moved away because I was so far away from everyone and everything that I knew. But it was one of the best experiences of my life because once you've done something like that once, it becomes so much easier to do it again. And if you're listening and like considering doing it, um, I think I did a podcast about it, but if not, I can surely do one specifically about rolling the dice and uh, moving to a new place. Some of the things that you should look out for, some of the things that you should do to prepare. Um, there really is an art and a science to it. So I've been listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast. I've been listening to, uh, you know, David Green's stuff. I had uh, listen to Robert Kiyosaki, actually. Robert Kiyosaki's uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, which is, like, really, really cool. But I want to get to the subject of today's podcast, um, which is interesting because it is my first time being back, and I already have a list. So the title of this one is Three Reasons um, Why... You really shouldn't uh, depend on others to support like, or buy in. You shouldn't expect everyone to buy in to anything that you're doing. So whether it is a new program that you're starting, whether it's this new business that you're starting, whether it's your idea to move to a different city or town or this book that you're writing, you should not expect support from anyone 
uh, specifically because um, it's just not automatically going to be there. And there are usually three reasons, in my opinion, why people don't. Now, this is aside from, of course, like people that are just straight up haters, right? So there's some people who won't opt in the shit just because you're involved. Now, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the ones that you would expect to be around, right? Like, I'm heavily involved in in a lot of like advocacy work and a lot of like social justice work. And I even founded a social justice organization. Yet the hardest working volunteers and the people who are really, really like bought into it are not people who I would have expected. I would have expected my mom to be there every week. I would have expected, you know, my other relatives, my aunties and stuff to be like, oh, my nephew's doing this, so I'm in it. I am bought in. That's not how that works. It's just not. It's just not. Just get over that part that if you start a business baking cookies, your aunties and them are not going to buy you out. And that's fine. That is totally fine. And here are three reasons why they may not. The first is they don't see it. Okay, so you got to think about this. Usually when you've thought of an idea similar to when I thought about moving to Detroit and investing in real estate, this is something that I thought about for a very, very long time. Right. I was laying awake at night thinking about this. I was in the shower listening to music or podcasts or audiobooks about this. I've really put a whole lot of thought into it. So. By the time I've reached the point, the tipping point where I say, okay, pull the trigger, let's jump, let's do this, I've done a lot of convincing to myself. So there's no way that I could explain over the course of a 15-minute conversation with my mom or an auntie or a friend, like, hey, this is what this is and here's why, and then for them to just get it. So they don't get it, and that is totally okay. It's impossible for you to convey all the vivid details and match points to someone who's just hearing about something for the first time. And if they see it, you don't want them participating out of pity, right? If you're starting an organization, if you're starting a company, if you're starting a company selling cookies, you don't want people to buy just because, right? Though it would feel good, it would hurt you in the long run. You know why? Because your first batch of cookies are not going to be the shit, right? They're just not. Your first batch of cookies could use some improvement. Let's just put it that way. And you're going to want that feedback so that you can get better. And you know who's not going to give you that real feedback? Your mama's not going to do it. Your auntie, right? Those that buy your cookies out of pity are not going to do anything for your bottom line over time. They'll end up taking a seat on the bus that should be reserved for someone who genuinely wants to be part of that thing, right? So that's number one. They don't see it. Let's go on to number two. They aren't ready. The old adage goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And from my observations, this is true. Sometimes from your perspective, you can make recommendations to someone about an opportunity that, from your vantage point, ties into their goals and aspirations. But if they drop the ball, ignore it, or dismiss it altogether, it could mean that you really don't understand where they're coming from or they're not ready. It would be a waste of time to send a junior varsity player to the NFL Combine. It may be possible, just not right now. So don't get frustrated when they don't quote unquote drink 
Just spend less time making these thoughtful suggestions when people make it clear they don't want actual suggestions, they just want to wallow for a bit. What immediately comes to mind right now is uh, an associate of mine. Um, I'm gonna just put him out there, his name is James. And I met James through, James was, James was staying at a friend's house who has an Airbnb. That's how I actually met James. And uh, this friend would complain about this, like, guy staying at her house uh, for the month, right? He had already paid up front, but that he was, like, going in her refrigerator and eating her food. And she said that he was kind of sketchy because she couldn't really figure out, like, his story and like it wasn't really lining up because he said that he was in the military but then i mean it was just a bunch of shit going on right and so i being me right i was like you know what and then he, when she told me he was black i was like okay now you got this like i'm, I'm gonna step up right i'm gonna be captain save a hoe i'm gonna save this brother whoever he is so i order some like muscle milks because i know they're non-perishable right and um i ordered like some socks i forget what else i ordered from amazon and so i just went over to her house as you know you know just to kind of by having chance run into him and so i did and long story short you know every now and then i would invite him over to kickbacks he was a cool guy much younger he was like 21 so much younger but you know a good mentee right so fast forward and later, like maybe a month later or so, we ended up having some funding through the organization that I run to like hire some people. And I knew that he was strapped for cash. And so I was like, hey, bro, look, you need to apply for this thing. You need to go to this um, training. It was everything was online. And it's like, like, you'll be good. You'll be Gucci. Like we, you know, we'll make sure you get a laptop and everything. Like you'll be good to go and you'll be able to make this bread. And he just wouldn't do it right he i mean i reminded him about the link and the date and the this and the that but guess what this was somebody who just wasn't ready and so he ended up actually being one of the friends i have four friends uh that came up here to detroit with me he is one of the ones who have um been sent on their way so to speak and so i think he's in new mexico right now wish him the best but he was not ready for that opportunity or the opportunity to come up here uh, to Detroit. And, you know, it's just like that sometimes. Sometimes you have that sister, you know, you have that female friend who just won't leave that nigga alone, right? Like, he's using her car, using her this, using her that. And then she wants to call and complain to you. And you've given her suggestions, but she j just leave it alone. And sometimes... Um, not only are they not ready for their own opportunity, they're not ready to join this thing that you have that may, in your head, make a whole lot of sense. Because I was looking at it like, look, James, like, I run this or So you would have a lot of leeway when you know the person who runs the place, you kind of, but he didn't get it. He wasn't ready for that. And then the third reason is people don't have the time or capacity. Sure, you know, your friend has complained about their first time, their, their full-time job, 
And yes, she can cook her ass off, but she never takes the first step. Now, you've helped her come up with a plan to get the necessary permits from the county and the city to be able to sell plates on the weekend. You've sent her YouTube videos of inspirational uh, restaurant owners who remind you of her. You've, you know, they're explaining the steps they took to get started. But guess what? She's not in the same headspace or she doesn't have the time or capacity to take you up on these offers. Or more likely, she's been disappointed so often in her life up to this point that she's not as likely as you to step out on faith and take these risks. So just chill. Find some damn YouTube videos to keep encouraging your damn self, right? Um, and in closing, we just need to stop trying to assemble the components of our team with the parts that are already available to us. Let me repeat that. We need to stop trying to assemble the components of our team with the parts that are already available to us, it's lazy, right? If you're starting your organization, if you're starting your business, and you're not thinking outside of the people who are already around you, you're just being lazy. Because chances are you can't get to that next level with the people who are already around you, right? You're going to have to think outside the box. You're going to have to get out there and network. And here's what I mean by network. I'm going to take a sip of water. Networking is not going to an event with a bunch of business cards and going around being weird as fuck, passing them out to people. That's not how you network. That is not at all how network work. Networking happens organically. Everybody say it with me. Organically. So what that means is, and I do this a lot. I go out by myself a lot. I go to bars by myself. I go to eat by myself. I go to seminars by myself. I travel by myself a lot. Some, now, do I not? Do I do stuff with my friends and with individuals? Do I go on dates? Yes. But I understand the importance of being able to go out. And I, I'll, I'll tell you why. Romantically, if you're with a group, someone is going to be less likely to come up to you because they don't know if one of the people you're with is with you or they don't want to have the uphill battle of potentially being let down in front of a group of people. Right. So, so that's number that's number one. Let's look at it platonically or even when it comes business wise. If you're constantly with a group, if you and a group go out to a restaurant or to a bar or to a club, usually hang with them. Right. When they're ready to go, you're ready to go. When they're ready to go to the restroom, you want to go to like it. You have to break out of your shell if you really want to get to that next level, because you'll never meet the necessary people to complete your circle. If you just keep leaning on the exact same people and you really have to get out of there. What real networking looks like is you go to the bar, you sit there. And, and, and not just necessarily at a bar. If you go to a seminar or if you go to some of these like, uh, you know, conventions and stuff and, and trade shows, the real action is not during the sessions, right? Or on the trade floor. It's actually in between sessions at the bar. It's actually, you know, after the thing is over at the hotel, in the hotel lobby. Like that's where it's really going on. You sit next to somebody and you notice they order the same drink as you. My drink happens to be usually a double whiskey or double bourbon, right? Neat. No ice. I don't want shit watering down my drink. And no, I don't want any mixers. Why would you, why would you mess up something so good, right? So you see somebody order your, your the same drink. You say, hey, 
you like uh, double makers mark ii that's what i ordered right let's be a smart man and then they say yeah you know and then before you know it you're talking about liquor and you're talking about the event and then you're talking about back home you find out they're from boulder colorado and you ask them how far is that from denver i've heard it i've been to denver never been to aurora and then before you know it they now know you even more right and then before you know you get on the subject of what brought you to that convention right and you let them know, oh, I'm investing in this, or oh, I'm starting a bakery, or oh, I'm trying to find out. And guess what? You have a much better opportunity, that person remembering you from that interaction, than from you nervously, weirdly going around passing out your business cards, being weird, right? Um, but yeah, that's where that is. Stop being lazy and, and reach out there. There are people who you need to know, people who you need to meet, and be more apt to reach out. And the New York Times bestseller, Good to Great, that was the main premise, right? You can't build a team, then inspire that team. You must instead build a team of those that are already inspired by whatever it is that you're talking about. Let me, let me, let me say that again. You want to start a basketball nonprofit for, you know, quote unquote, at risk youth, right? And this is all going to be volunteer and there's going to be a mentor aspect, da 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 right? So do you, A, go get the people who you already know and try to convince them of the importance of this thing? Or do you, B, go find some people who have a passion for, quote unquote, at-risk youth or that, quote, that, that, that have an interest in basketball or people that are interested in adolescent education, right? Maybe some public education majors, right? Maybe some think outside the box and build that team with people who actually believe in what it is that you're, that you're talking about. You cannot build a team and inspire them. You must instead build a team of those that are already inspired and that can see the vision. These folks are ready, willing, and able to collaborate. Stop wishing and hoping. Wishing and hoping will lead to dropped balls, right? How many times has somebody dropped a ball? Because they don't give a damn lackluster enthusiasm, and an increased likelihood of failure. Why set yourself up for failure? Stop doing that, right? And we don't do failure. We don't do that. Sometimes it's only necessary, not only necessary, but it's a benefit to start from scratch. Go ahead and do it solo. That's where the real lessons are learned, and that space is thereby available for people who should be there, not people who feel like they have to. And last point, I promise. On the reverse, you should be honest and say no when someone tells you about something that doesn't interest you at the moment or that you don't have the time, right? So if you come at me about some volleyball thing and da 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 da, and I don't know about volleyball and I don't really care about the thing, but if I like you, I may donate some money, I may point you in the right direction, I may help think outside of it. You don't have to be mean, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. And with that, I would love to hear from y'all. Uh, feel free to send me a text um, if you have questions or if you have suggestions for what the reiteration of this podcast should be. Send that to 313-444-8898. Again, that's 313-444-8898. This has been cool. It's going to be kind of weird, like trying to like um, upload it to the thing and get 
you know, on the lists and stuff again. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a new thing. I don't know if I want to do it weekly. I don't know if I want to do it bi-weekly. I don't know exactly what I want it to look like. And that's what I need from y'all. So again, 313-444-8898. And that's it. Till next time.